The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I am a physician trained in Britain and living in Canada. And since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving, which explains the name of the show, Family Caregivers Unite. Now, our topic today is long-term care insurance and family caregivers. Now, here's why, some of the reasons anyway, why long-term care insurance could matter to family caregivers. First, family caregivers, as everybody knows, provide care to family members suffering health challenges and all the other challenges that health problems bring to people and their families. Family caregivers rise to the challenges again and again. Now, I've found through this show, as family caregivers travel the road of family caregiving, they so very often turn around to offer a helping hand to those just starting down the road. And as a result, family caregivers are the people that the healthcare systems of so many countries rely on more and more. Perhaps governments don't acknowledge it, but it really is the case. And so this is why family caregivers should know how long-term care insurance can help them. Now, to help us understand those things, um, our guests today are both seasoned business executives with highly relevant backgrounds. First, I'm going to introduce um, the bio, John Schramm. He's been president and CEO of We Care Health Services since 1999. As president and CEO, he managed a 20-fold growth in the WeCare business since 1999. Prior to then, he was a member of the board of directors, which he joined in March 1996. He served on the board of directors of the Ontario Home Care Association since 2001. In April 2007, he was elected to the board of directors of the association, then in November 2010, he became president-elect of the association. Our other guest is Don Fenn, who describes himself as a 40-year veteran of advertising, media, and marketing. As chairman of the Fenn Group of Companies, president of Caregiver Omnimedia, and publisher of the Family Caregiver News Magazine, he's committed to the home care sector. His commitment involves, and these are his words, cultivating strong personal relationships, leveraging social media, using the new media technologies, and above all, being different. His family caregiving experience includes years of caregiving for his mother with Alzheimer's disease, caring for his father with cancer, and having power of attorney 
for his 70-year-old disabled cousin in supported living. So, John and Don, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, I'm going to start with Don first, please. Don, please tell us more about your professional background and your own experience as a family caregiver and where it takes you in your thinking about the role of long-term care insurance. Well, thank you, Gordon. It's nice to be back on the show. Welcome um, back. I have, uh, um, as a publisher, I have need to meet with all kinds of business sector uh, uh, segments that are always dealing with uh, with the issues surrounding home care and family caregiving. And one of the ones that I've been challenging over the last couple of years has been this whole area of long-term care insurance. And I should say, as we discuss it today, that uh, that our website, uh, familycaregiver.com, has much more in-depth information that you can get uh, when you get to, to that site. Um, but I guess our big problem was no one is connecting with them, but the, the family caregiver is really the key in the long-term care insurance equation because they are going through it. And as they go through it, they understand that uh, uh, this is me in several more years, and I better start to plan for my own uh, long-term care. Right. John, it's the same question. Tell us more about your professional background and your own experience in family caregiving and where it leads you in your thinking in terms of long-term care insurance. Uh, I've been in um, healthcare care and home care specifically for 12 years. Prior to that, I was um, running two major publishing uh, uh, houses, uh, educational publishing houses, first in Toronto, then uh, Boston uh, in New York. Much satisfaction, uh, satisfaction and, and great joy. However, uh, I've never enjoyed anything more um, than the healthcare and home care experience I've had um, in the last 12 years. Um, in home care, um, and I come from a, the other side of uh, caregiving, the professional uh, caregiver, uh, our staff, 3,500 of them across the country, help people and families who are often in crisis mode. Um, they need or desperately want to stay at home, and they cannot do it without some form of professional home care, and that's where we step in. Um, Twelve years ago, uh, very few people that I met even knew home care existed on a professional level. Today, I'm pleased to say many more uh, do. Uh, My personal involvement um, in home care, it was with my mother, who lived with Alzheimer's for eight years. We did not have long-term care insurance. In fact, I'd never heard of it uh, for home care uh, back in the, the late 90s. And um, uh, we paid for some professional care out of her own pockets. We were living, my brother and I, in Toronto, and she was in London, and therefore we weren't on um, her doorstep every day. And uh, finally, we, uh, at the end of um, uh, her life, had to put her uh, into a nursing home. Uh, Unpleasant experience, but certainly um, insurance would have come in very, very handy. Right. Don, that takes to the takes me to the big question. What exactly is long-term care insurance? Well, there's, there's many descriptions for it, um, but rather than look at it as a product, I think we need to look at it as providing financial support um, to the policyholders that require this home care and services, and such as eating, bathing, dressing, toileting, assistance due to cognitive impairments such as Alzheimer's. Um, all of those are, are, are paid for by, uh, by long-term care insurance. Uh, it also allows you to maintain your dignity while ensuring financial dependence and an enjoyable retirement. Because, and that's part of the problem is, is that we need people in the early stages of planning their financial 
uh, life to uh, to look more closely at long-term care uh, and at family caregiving in general. It also protects your estate from being depleted by long-term costs. Uh, that's more an issue in the U.S. than it is here because our health care system uh, covers a lot of the uh, initial costs of monthly home care costs, but there are out-of-pocket costs that can exceed $10,000, as most know. Uh, and uh, just offers your loved ones a chance to maintain their quality of life uh, uh, while safeguarding, uh, safeguarding uh, your, the, the care of the, uh, of the person that you're looking after. One of the interesting things I, I found in my research of, of long-term care insurance, and I find this interesting, um, the odds of us using uh, uh, our house insurance are 1 in 743, but we all have long uh, house insurance. We just wouldn't wouldn't think of not insuring our home, and the banks and the regulators wouldn't let us. Uh, one in 43 are the odds of using our auto insurance. Yet uh, nobody has long-term care insurance, and yet two out of five will need it. Okay, that's a very good statistic, and we're going to come back to the issues there. Now, John, I just want you to do a kind of comparison. The types of long-term care services that government provides in the sense of supporting and the types of long-term care that your organization provides support. Quick contrast, like comparison, so, so, so to speak. Um, well, I'm going to speak spe- specifically about home care. Uh, it is offered and funded by the provinces in the territories. It's important to note that it's publicly supported by the provinces and territories, but it does not fall under the Canada Health Act. And so there's a big distinction there. Now, what could the you, governments do... I'm just going to interrupt you and ask you if you could just make clear what the central point about the Canada Health Act is, so far as we're concerned in this discussion. Well, it's the 100% uh, supposedly accessibility and portability. Uh, if you need hospital care, um, you're guaranteed to get it. You may have to wait for it, but you will get it. Uh, the same with any of the uh, medical-approved procedures. Uh, you will get it. Home care does not have that guarantee. Hence the need for insurance or paying for it yourself. So you asked the question about what do they cover? Yes. Uh, governments do cover nursing care. It's usually post-operative or end-of-life care. They do cover personal support care. And as Don has mentioned, that's uh, usually help with daily living activities, such as dressing, bathing, toileting, that type of thing. And a small amount of home support. Uh, unfortunately, that is diminishing uh, that's light housekeeping, uh, meal preparation, companion sitting. Uh, they also offer a limited amount of therapy services. Our company, We Care Health Services, offers all of those uh, services except for the therapy services. Okay. Now, just very quickly, how do the government and private systems such as you operate fit together? Um, do they complement each other or are they funding totally different basic things? No, they all work together uh, and support each other. Um, it's important to note that the provincial and territorial governments um, only support home care to the extent they have budgets for it. And they're spending less than 4% of their total expenditures on home care, a very insignificant amount. So in most cases, in many cases, I should say, there's an opportunity and a necessity to top up services uh, from another funding source. 
whether it's private insurance. And believe it or not, many people pay for this out of their own pockets if they don't have the insurance. Right. So in other words, what we're talking about is backup, isn't it, to uh, the public sector services um, where the government may be finding these services it provides less and less affordable. Uh, that's a bit of a statement from me, and we are going into the break, so I'm going to give you the opportunity uh, after the break just to respond to that assertion by my part, on my part. So let's go into the break now because it is time for us to pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Don Fenn and John Schramm. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will be back, and we are going to discuss much more about the role of long-term care insurance in family care. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at my. M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Don Fenn and John Schramm. Our topic is long-term care insurance and family caregivers. Now, we're wanting to talk about the ways in which long-term care insurance and publicly funded services work in conjunction with each other. And I'm going to ask John, um, to say, give his views on how publicly funded services mesh with long-term care insurance. John? Uh, well, Gordon, they, they mesh very well together. In fact, they're very supportive of each other. And I've pulled a, a couple cases um, um, for us to uh, just examine. Uh, uh, client A is a male, uh, 71 years old, diagnosed uh, with a gastric mass, which was upgraded later to cancer. Uh, the care plan that was diagnosed, that was uh, provided by the province uh, was a personal care which included meal preparation, laundry, light housekeeping. It started in August of 2009 and was just one hour per week. A few months later, it was increased to two times a week or two hours per week. In August 10, uh, the diagnosis turned out to be cancer and uh, after being discharged from hospital, the service was increased to the maximum the province could provide, which was 14 hours a week, two hours per day. Insurance, fortunately, was able to kick in, and they delivered or paid for an additional 34 hours per week. So a huge benefit to the client and the family. A similar case is, case is client B, female, aged 82, uh, diagnosed uh, depression, um, severe mobility problems, was discharged from hospital, 
the plan of care as devised by the province was personal care, toileting, uh, meal prep, uh, some caregiver relief for the family. Uh, the service began just recently uh, in September uh, 8, 2010. Uh, turned out not to be enough. The government couldn't in- increase it more. Fortunately, insurance was able to top that up with an additional 12 hours per week. So the client is, is residing safely um, in, in her own environment at home. Right. So in other words, what you're saying is that if people aren't in, don't have long-term care insurance, that additional care that you've just been talking about wouldn't be possible. That's right, isn't it? That's very right, unless the family was able to pay for it themselves. Right, right. Now, Don, I'm going to ask you, to talk with us about the main long-term care challenges that long-term care insurance addresses. And within long-term care, I'm talking about home, and I'm also talking about some kind of residential care. Don? Yeah, uh, the, uh, um, I think I'll, I'll go into a, a little consumer research here because I, it's, um, I, I'm going to generalize, but we do have some research into this very topic. And uh, the research shows that when asked to identify the greatest fear regarding needing long-term care, people are over five times more worried about becoming a burden to their families than the possibility of dying. So I find that you know we need to have a conversation with these kinds of people if that's the kind of attitude that they're taking now and their concern is. So the family caregiver conversation becomes a very real uh, fact of, uh, of caregiving life. And consumers have many different perceptions about their planning for long-term care. Surveys, again, reveal that the fear of upsetting family members is a, is a major barrier to talking about how they envision the type of care that they'd like to receive. So, so it's important, again, to have that family caregiver conversation early. And, and again, it comes back to talking to your trusted advisor. Um, they offer many solutions, and the insurance industry is, is starting to become um, good at that, although it's been a long time in coming. Um, when you sat down with your advisor to plan your retirement, for instance, family caregiving or home care was never on that agenda. So naturally, you went through all of your RSPs and all of your investments and all of your other uh, long-term care financial planning, but nobody brought up the fact that you may become a family caregiver to someone in your household or you may need long-term care yourself. So again, that's the area that we've been working with with family caregivers over the past several years, and we have our long-term care partners on our website that that can help in, in answering and walking you through some of those questions. Um, so I think the caregiver conversation I re- I, I'm asking everybody to have is to identify, you know, the preferred options uh, uh, in home care versus nursing that you nursing care that you want to have, and then define the roles of the family members that will oversee that care, um, and then. Naturally, you have to ask how you're going to pay for it. Right. Now, John, you've already made clear that there are limitations in the funding abilities of government for the kind of services which are needed. Um, Now, are there any other limitations in the nature and scope of the services that government funds or provides? And if so, what are the roots of those limitations? Well, if we look at the type of services that governments provide, um, and I'll just review those quickly, there's three basic general types of services. One is post-operative, allowing patients to leave hospitals early, uh, benefits the patient, the family, certain to the healthcare system by opening up uh, beds, and um, there's help provided there. Frail elderly, um, uh, many living with chronic conditions, Alzheimer's, diabetes, arthritis, um, 
that's another category of service provided. And finally, palliative care, and it's at the very end of, um, and it's very short term, end of life care that's provided. Um, the basic limitation that we see these days is governments not providing a very um, small amount of care for frail elderly. And I'm talking about um, a few hours a week for their very basic needs, which might even be homemaking needs, um, such as meal preparation, laundry, uh, a little bit of light housekeeping, allowing them to stay safely uh, at home. Uh, Certainly more personal support uh, with the daily living activities is a limitation, but that's more a limitation of the uh, funding level that's provided by provincial governments. So those are the two limitations I see. Perfectly fair. Now, Don, you've already, to some extent, spoken about this, but let me ask you the question, who needs long-term care insurance in all the ways we've been talking about? How much does it cost them, and when should they consider it? Well, I think we all will need long-term care insurance as we look at our health care system and its ability to finance itself over the next one. Um, I think we all need it, so that's that's the answer to that question. Um, but like all insurance, it's, it is based on age. So the earlier you get it, the cheaper it is. Um, it's also why we, we consider that family caregivers to be the best target market for long-term care insurance, basically because they have, they have lived the experience. They have gone through this with their parents or children, uh, family member, and they understand the daily uh, the daily tools that are involved in caring for a loved one at home, and they probably, in most cases, don't want to put that onus on their family as, as they age. So the family caregivers become a, a, a very important target. But if we were to buy long-term care insurance and we're in that category of 18 to 25, and a healthy youngster, they would pay about $18 a month for $50,000 coverage or around $45 for $200,000 uh, coverage. And again, if we look at that family caregiver who are mainly women, you know, average age of 48, they'd be paying about $36 for for $50,000 in coverage and about $107 monthly for 200000 in covers. So consider it early, but consider it. Right. Now, the quick question, because we're going to go into the break shortly. John, what's the view of government towards long-term care insurance? In other words, how favorably do they view it? Are they looking to it to do uh, particular things, or are they unconcerned about it? What do you think? Uh, Well, I can't answer directly for them. I can only surmise, but I suspect they greatly appreciate um, the support of long-term insurance. It takes some of the burden off their backs. Um, it was interesting to note that politicians a few years ago um, used to uh, pretend there was just a one-tiered health care system in Canada, and we had to protect that. In reality, there's a multi-tiered system, uh, and everybody seems to understand that today, um, that we need different funding sources, uh, and certainly long-term care insurance uh, is one that's going to be welcomed. Right. Um, Don, for you, um, what's the public view of long-term care insurance, and when do people actually begin to consider it? And would you go so far as to say there's a need to change the public's view? Um, again, it's education, as so much of, uh, of family caregiving is, uh, but most, Gordon, just don't know anything about it. Again, it's just not brought up in conversation, so it needs a lot of education. Um, but it comes very clear once you've been a family caregiver and been through the caregiver experience. Again, most of us, like 
just don't plain think that we're going to need it. That's really one of the biggest problems that the public doesn't understand. They just don't think we're going to need it. The reality is that 43% of all people over the age of 65 will spend approximately four years in a nursing facility, and 20% of those will spend more than five years in a, in a nursing f- uh, facility. And again, I recently went through this with a cousin with whom I have a power of attorney, and once the government paid uh, their portion, I was paying about one to $2,000 more monthly costs in excess for uh, for his care. So uh, I need long-term care insurance. Yeah. And, you know, on I've heard other guests, particularly family caregivers, uh, really talk about the financial challenges they face. And while I didn't ask them, I could almost forecast the point that they wish they would have had long-term care insurance uh, to address the sort of situations they found themselves in. But as you say, many people don't really want to talk about that kind of future, and yet we all hear so much, don't we, about the aging of the population and everything that that means. Now, I'm going to take take the break now because, as always, we have the rent to pay. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Don Fenn and John Schramm. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned. This is Ed Krell, CEO and President of Destination Maternity Corporation. Since 2001, we've been working together with the March of Dimes for stronger, healthier babies. Did you know that in America, one in eight babies is born too soon? Those who survive their early birth can suffer serious and sometimes lifelong health problems. Help bring healthy babies home. Join Destination Maternity and the March of Dimes in fighting premature births. Go to marchofdimes.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Don Fenn and John Schramm. Our topic is long-term care insurance and family caregivers. Okay, let's now talk about support for family caregivers. And I'm going to start with John. Um, What particularly is the government view of providing care at home for people with incurable health and mental health conditions? Um, This is a complex question, but I want to just add a piece to it. How do non-government services, such as yours, assist family caregivers who are providing care at home for family members who have those sorts of conditions, that is, incurable health and mental health conditions? John? Uh, Let me break it down into the two types of conditions that we're most involved in and certainly governments are most involved in. One is palliative care, end of life, and that in a lot of cases requires nursing care, and it's usually around um, pain management, uh, intravenous feedings uh, at the end of life. Uh, The second and much more uh, prevalent type of care are those living with chronic diseases, 
and a chronic disease is any disease that is incurable um, but is not immediately life-threatening. And I mentioned it before, diabetes, arthritis, um, mental health, depression, uh, Alzheimer's, they all fall into that category. Um, at WeCare, um, what we do, uh, and we fit in with these government services as well as long-term care uh, insurance uh, plans, is we train our staff uh, in these uh, chronic disease um, conditions. So we have care plans um, that every staff member has the, the ability to go through. We match up the uh, caregiver with the appropriate client. The other thing we've done, and I want to offer this to all of our listeners, is we've published two guides. One is the Independent Living Guide, an award-winning guide to help people understand, not just clients but also their families, how one can live independently and safely at home. The second guide we've just published is a, a guide on chronic disease management called Get Going to Keep Going, and that's available free of charge. You can order it from us on our website, www.wecare. Dot CA, or by calling our 1-800 number, 1-877-853-1195. The other thing that WeCare has done, and we're getting some government support to do this, and we've been talking to some insurance companies, is we've invested in technology so we can um, monitor remotely a patient's vital signs that are fed wirelessly into our nursing station, and our nurses then can provide intervention and the type of intervention that's appropriate. So we're looking to expand that program, uh, certainly across Canada. Right. Now, I'm going to ask Don, and this sounds like the same question over again, but it, I'm wanting to go broadly in this one. I want to know how long-term care insurance helps and supports family caregivers in ways other than financial. Well, again, there's huge peace of mind. Uh, family caregivers are absolutely um, driven by so many issues uh, that are new to them. Um, they've hit what we call the caregiving wall when they become family caregivers. They weren't trained for it. They took no and had no education for it. And all of a sudden, all these issues of home care and uh, and health care and hospitals and uh, uh, a very uh, myriad number of things are hitting them all at one time. And the, again, the financial aspect of that is taken care of by long-term care insurance, and it allows them to have a huge peace of mind. Again, relating back to my cousin, had I had long-term care insurance or he had long-term care insurance, those out-of-pocket costs would have been covered, and I would have had been very happy for him and, and naturally happy for me because I was paying those extra costs. Yeah, and it's fair to say, isn't it, there are some people who can't can't carry those extra costs. That's right, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, John, please talk about more. Tell us more about the economics of providing care at home for people with, I'm going to say, incurable conditions, as you define them. Um, in other words. Where does the money flow, and how does the money look when you look at it from the point of view of value for money? And that, there's, that's a trick question in a way, because I want to know if you agree that family caregivers are subsidizing the health care system, and if they are, in your opinion, to what extent are they doing that? Well, yes, I, I, I believe they are, because you're, you're giving them the ability to buy John, uh, John Schramm's We Care Services. And, uh, and in that way, uh, then it's a definite subsidy of the system. 
Um, but but I believe that uh, it also is a is a there is tax relief for them. The cost of insurance can be claimed as a medical ex, uh, expense when compiling your income tax. So there are some some favorable things on the financial side to, to uh, that that really do need to be looked at. And I believe that this is where the public private sectors have to come together. The government may not be able to sustain home care and health care costs, but John and his company and Canadian Home Care Association and other governments, I think, need to sit down and have a dialogue on, on this challenging issue and see where the opportunities are. Right. Now, I just want to pursue um, John on the question of the types of services that, in his experience, qualify for tax relief, um, particularly if the family pays for them directly, other than through insurance. And are there any statistics that you know about that give kind of hard data on the financial burdens involved um, for families providing family caregiving in the kind of situations we're talking about? Well, uh, the Canadian Institute for Health Information um, uh, a government-researched supported body uh, has estimated just recently uh, there's over 2 million family caregivers, and they estimate they're saving the uh, health care system $25 billion with their family caregiving. I can give you a couple statistics on what the cost of caregiving is uh, in a home versus um, other types of care if people don't get the care in the home and don't have family, uh, don't have long-term insurance or can't afford to pay for it uh, on their own. Um, For instance, personal care, which is the predominant form of home care provided, over 66% of all home care is personal care. And um, that costs uh, anywhere from $56 a day uh, for two hours, two hours plus, to maybe $168 for six hours of full care. A hospital bed costs anywhere from $532 to $900 a day. Long-term beds are $120 to $200 a day. So by any measure, keeping one safely and independent at home uh, with perhaps some family caregiver um, uh, support, but also with some professional caregiver support, is the most cost-effective way. And it's also, as Don's pointed out many, many times, um, that's where people want to be. They want to remain safely for as long as they can at home. Yeah. In other words, what you're saying is this is actually a good investment from the point of view of the government as a funder, what you're talking about, the long-term care insurance. It's it's a very, very good investment. And um, um, from a biased point of view, uh, but I also speak from a, a, a Canadian's uh, point of view, the investment should be increased. Right, right. Now, I'm going to, to go to Don now. And again, it's a similar question to the one I've been asking before, but the kind of support that family caregivers um, provide in caring for persons who are aging at home and it's not just now the health conditions I'm talking about, but it's the frailties and the quality of life and the mental health challenges that may be involved. Now, how does long-term care insurance feed into what I'll call the frailties and qualities of life issues? Don? Well, I think that's where we can, again, go back to uh, to topping up the services that John's company provides. 
And, you know, right now, uh, uh, I'm a gentleman in his mid-60s, and if I were to, to run into health problems, I would probably get about three hours a week um, from from the Community Care Access Center for anything that I had on a personal care basis. And uh, I'm sure that that probably is not enough. And, uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure it's not enough. So um, when you look at someone who's over 85 and more and more of our elderly are, are living longer, then we will have uh, the issues of uh, safety and uh, quality of life and, and as they age independently and safely at home. So um, can, uh, the government just isn't there to fund it. Right. Um, we. This is a fairly quick one, but, John, can you be specific about the types of, I'm going to call them quality of life um, things and services that government does not fund? Can you give us some indication of, of where that particular gap is? Well, the, the biggest gap is at the lower end of the services um, that um, um, seniors need um, that aren't necessarily completely in crisis, but um, um, are not, uh, it does prevent them from living safely uh, at home. And I'm talking about uh, the homemaking services. It's the uh, uh, meal preparation. It's the uh, laundry uh, if someone's suffering from arthritis, for instance, and can't get down to their uh, laundry facilities, um, can't get out to do their shopping and make the meals, um, a little bit of that homemaking service, a little bit of companionship just by doing those services is what enables many people to stay safely um, at home in peace and gives their uh, family members a great, great peace of mind. So that's what's not being funded now. Right. Ironically, uh, a few years ago, it was being funded. But not anymore. Are those services, by the way, and this is just a quick answer, the kind of things that you, your organization, WeCare, provides? Uh, yes, it is. Um, but most of those services are no longer funded by uh, governments. So people are actually paying for it themselves, um, or they've got some form of insurance plan. Got it. Okay. Now we're going to off to the break again because it's that time. This is Dr. Gordon Adley, my guests are Don Fenn and John Schramm. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay tuned. We're going to be back. And this is the segment coming up where we solve all the problems um, of the system. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's Doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. 
Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and our two guests, Don Fenn and John Schramm. Our topic is long-term care insurance and family caregivers. Now, family caregiving is more and more important, not just for families, but as we've heard, for the healthcare systems and society as a whole in North America and beyond. So what I want to talk about now with our two guests is what's needed to enhance support from insurance systems for long-term care, things like that, and the family caregivers who provide support for long-term care. So, Don, first of all, and let's put you in the position that you're a kind of politician or you would like to be one who's going to be seeking election to change the system. So my question to you is basically about your political platform, potentially. So what are the changes that you would advocate for that you believe are most needed in the way long-term care insurance is provided with the objective of improving support for family caregivers and the family members they are caring for? First of all, Gordon, there's no way that I am a politician. <laughs> so that, that won't work for me. But I certainly understand the question. And, and there is, again, goes back to the family caregiver and, and recognizing the family caregiver. We need to recognize this family caregiver in the equation. And we need to, uh, to uh, talk to our financial institutions and need to train their advisors to add this burden of family caregiving to their portfolio so it can be discussed early and in one's financial planning and that it's brought up and that it's challenged and that all of the questions that are that are are, uh, are needed to be answered are answered. Uh, so many of us think that the government will look after us in our old age, and this just is not the case. Um, so I believe that we're in a slippery slope to financial crisis if we don't address this with the governments. And again, it is being addressed. I'm not sure that the... Uh, um, that the insurance industry has sat down with the health care uh, uh, ministries and uh, and has has talked about this and said how can we work together to make this a more palatable product for uh, our consumers and our family caregivers and I think that needs to be had right John same question what's your political platform and I don't care whether you're actually entering <laughs> entering the race or not but what are the things that changes you would like to see and the way services are funded and provided. Well, I'm like Don. I'm certainly not a politician. I just want to set that record straight, and I'm not going to be running. Uh, if we look at what we've got right now for the family caregiver, um, the, pleasant, the, the present um, uh, so-called tax relief or benefit for family care, caregiving is um, we provide EI benefit, uh, employment insurance benefit, for a maximum of six weeks uh, for compassionate leave. Um, it's interesting to note uh, that the Federal Liberal Party has unveiled uh, part of their uh, platform for health care and uh, are talking about a $1 billion investment for the family caregiver. And basically what they've done is increase the EI benefit to six months from six weeks and are now actually talking about providing a cash payment of $1,350 per year for people who are providing home care. The point that I always want to make uh, is that Providing benefits to family caregivers is fantastic, and I'm not going to talk against that, obviously. But family caregiving, in most cases, is a 24-by-7-hour commitment. And family caregivers burn out, and that's a real challenge to them, obviously, their families, uh, and certainly to the healthcare system. So we push this problem upstream by just trying to support family caregivers that way. 
I truly believe governments are going to have to spend more money on um, professional caregiving, or we're going to have to have a lot more long-term care insurance uh, for people uh, that are in need and have to or want to stay at home as opposed to being put into a long-term care facility or a, um, uh, a hospital bed. The other tragic case we've got with people trying to stay at home is the visits to ERs, emergency rooms. Um, it costs about $138 per visit. Heaven forbid they have to take an, am- an ambulance, and the average cost of that round trip is $300. And many of these visits to ERs can be avoided with proper caregiving at home, whether it's from a f- uh, government-funded source, long-term care um, insurance-funded uh, source, or people are paying privately, which is the third and um, obviously not the most desirable option. Right. John, I want a follow-up question. Um, it seems to me that the um, plan that you just mentioned on the part of um, one of Canada's leading politicians um, is something of a temporary plan. That is to say, if I've understood it right, and maybe I haven't, uh, it doesn't take all that much account of the point that um, many family caregivers are dealing with conditions which are incurable and where, sadly, the progress is always downhill. So, in other words, it doesn't get better. People don't return to their previous state. They go on requiring care. Um, Please could you clarify that and say whether you think the current plans in Canada take sufficient account of the incurability, so to speak, um, uh, and if they don't, what would you like to see? Well, by very definition of incurability, they don't go away, and you're quite right. They do go down. Uh, With proper care, um, they certainly can be maintained uh, and live independently at home. So what has to happen is we need more care, and it's not on the backs of family caregivers. It's got to be on the backs of professional uh, caregivers and uh, give the family caregiver um, uh, the peace of mind they need to get on and live their lives. Uh, so where that funding is coming from is the question. Uh, governments are going to have to step up to the plate uh, to some extent and provide more of the $192 billion they're spending for home care, or long-term care insurance has to come into play. And certainly, as we know, um, with the economics today, while some people can afford to pay uh, out of their own pockets for caregiving on a professional level, many can't. And um, um, insurance uh, or government funding is going to be absolutely necessary. Right. Don, it's the same question, basically. What about the incurable? I don't like this term, but we're being straightforward. Um, That is, people who with care will do okay, but they won't get better. Without care, um, things will go wrong and cost the family or the healthcare system a great deal more money than might otherwise have been the case. What's your solution for that? Well, uh, again, I, I will point to some statistics and, and just bear out some of the problems that we have as we move forward. Um, that group of people will get bigger. Um, in fact, today the average parent uh, will spend more time caring for their ch- parents than they will for their children. And uh, I think that's a pretty important uh, message. 
Um, and it's the other point I, I would like to make is that uh, when we talk about all of the care at home, and, and it, it's not just the elderly. In fact, 40% uh, who need long-term care are, are of working age. And in, and in fact, 3% of those um, are children. So, you know, I think we have to look at this as, as society as a whole and not get stuck in the, uh, in the, the issues that surround, uh, um, you know, our unhealthy, uh, incurable uh, uh, aged. Right. Um, John, I want to pick up that point about the children because in a previous um, episode of Family Caregivers Unite, we were talking about um, the question of fam- what happens when family caregivers um, face the prospect of their own death, yet they are looking at the need to care for children who are growing up, turning into adults, with the kinds of uh, conditions that we've been talking about. That is to say they're incurable and they need lots of care. And so the question is, uh, the question was, what will happen to my child when I've gone? John, what's your reaction to that question and how do you see long-term care insurance fitting into that? Well, I I see it fitting in very well. Um, Certainly that is a a big um, question in in society. Uh, Many families are, are facing that prospect. Um, if they've got uh, the availability of buying and have insurance, um, then the adult child can probably live independently uh, and safely at home. And I must always go back and, and stress the safely. It's not just independently, but keeping one safe at home. Uh, without that, um, uh, prospects are pretty grim. Um, they wind up uh, uh, with a, a condition that deteriorates sometimes quite quickly and wind up being uh, a much, much bigger burden on our health care system, i.e., uh, emergency room admitted to hospital and unfortunately sometimes admitted to long-term institutional care that certainly does not give one uh, a very good quality of life. Right. Um, Don, it's the last question, and it's for you. Um, but in whose best interest are the changes that you'd like to see and also that John would like to see and why are these interests so important? Why does it matter that we do the things that you both have been talking about? Well, I think uh, it's in all of our best interests. First of all, it's in, I think, even the government's best interests if they were to take time to really uh, study the situation and come up with answers in conjunction with a uh, very round table of, uh, uh, of long-term care insurance experts across the country and, and other health care providers such as John's company. Um, I think John's company and the private care uh, deliverers and providers um, will step up to the plate as they have over the past 15 years and continue to grow. It's a huge business, and uh, and community care and all of it, uh, it needs to be more recognized, and not just by the government, by all of us in, uh, in, in the community. And I mean the business community, the faith community, and other communities. <laughs> One last point I wanted to make is that, you know, um, who should really consider this long-term care insurance? It's it's not an easy it, it is an easy product to uh, to purchase, and all you need is really to have seventy-five thousand dollars in assets, which excludes your residence. Um, you have to have an annual income of thirty thousand uh, dollars. You have to be able to afford the ongoing premiums without changing a lifestyle, even if the premiums were to go up twenty to thirty percent over time. 
and uh, you should have a family medical history that puts them at greater risk of needing long-term care. So right. all of that is, uh, is, is, I think, sums up what we wanted to say today. Very good. Now, even though you both declined the, my offer to be politicians, I would nevertheless vote for you both because I think what you've said actually makes a lot of political as well as social sense. So um, uh, I would urge our listeners to express their support for the kind of changes that you're talking about. Now, I want to say thank you to our listeners. Please do email us with your comments and questions, and in particular, if you'd like to follow up on John's offer of these guides, just drop us an email and we'll put you in touch. I want to say thank you to the two guests, John Fenn and John Schramm, for talking with us in the way that you have. You've been very candid. You've shared your insights. You've given your advice, and you've given your opinions. Please keep going on this because your success and the way in which you persuade people is becoming important for many, many people, not just in Canada, but right across North America and in many places other than that. Now, thank you. All success to you. And I would like to now say that our next episode is something different. We're going to be talking with authors who write about what motivates them to write about family caregiving. They're going to explain the art of the author in interpreting the kinds of things that we've been hearing about from Don and John. So please join us, same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.